Welcome to this copyrighted broadcast of Light Lit. I'm your host, David Levin. In this episode, we're reading from the novel Promise, Part 1, Chapter 6. This is the final chapter of this particular novel that I will read. If you're interested in the story, I refer you to the book. The next day at school, my mind was on the basketball game story I was trying to write. How could I showcase any player from a disaster like that loss? I stopped by my locker and there she was, Alexis Poston, snuggling with Toby Hall, whispering in his ear. I looked the other way, but could hear her words to him. Come on, Toby, cheer up. It's only one game, so what? You'll win the next one. Big deal. Don't you think I look pretty in my new clothes? They're designer jeans. They cost $350. You got the most gorgeous girl in the school. It was easy to feel sorry for Toby. After all, he was the stud of the team, the player everyone expected to carry us to the state tournament. But his team had lost the game everyone knew they would win. Closing my locker, I decided to offer some encouragement. Toby, I was at the game. Sorry we didn't win, but you did well. A couple of your baskets were great, especially that first one. He turned to me with a blank look, as though I were a bug or a piece of slime. I don't need your pity. I don't even care what you think, shoes. Don't talk to me. I don't want anyone to see you near me. I looked at the floor. I wish you wouldn't call me that. It hurts. He shot back. Well, it's true. Everyone calls you goody two-shoes because you are always worrying about old people and dogs and stuff like that. I was only trying to help. He laughed. I don't need your help. I don't need anything from you. Alexis chimed in. Yes, shoes. He's right. You can't do anything for either of us. I began to feel my eyes fill with tears, unable to say anything more, causing me to turn and run from them. Lizzie stopped me in the hall. What's the matter, she asked. My embarrassment was fast changing to pure anger as I spit out my answer. Those jerks! Toby and Alexis are at it again. They ragged me just for trying to be nice to Toby. Why are they so hateful? Lizzie looked squarely into my eyes. They don't like to be reminded of any screw-up. Their parents tell them they can do no wrong no matter what, and they have to be the best all the time. I even heard that Mrs. Poston hires a tutor to do all of Alexis' homework and papers. She doesn't really deserve that number one ranking. Want to hear something else about Alexis? Lizzie stopped talking and looked around before continuing at a whisper. Mrs. Poston came to the office today to see Principal Newman. I was getting curious. Lizzie was going to tell me something juicy and awful. I wiped my tears. Go on. She continued, well, she went in to see him behind closed doors. Then I heard her tell Principal Newman that he needed to change Alexis' chemistry grade from an 89 to a 90. 
I didn't want to believe her. Why would he do that? Heck, I struggle for my 90 in chemistry, studied all the time, and no tutor for me. Couldn't afford it. Lizzie went on. Mrs. Poston said that Alexis wasn't feeling good, but that she knew the material. Then she said that Alexis needed an A to maintain her ranking as the number one senior and that her admission to an Ivy League school depended on her remaining number one. I looked hard at Lizzie, and what did he do? At first, nothing, but Mrs. Poston got very forceful and said she had done a lot of things for the school, and he needed to remember that. Then she said she wouldn't leave his office till he changed the grade. Finally, he said he would if Alexis wrote an extra credit paper, which Mrs. Poston quickly agreed to. When she left, the woman was all smiles. I blanked at my friend in disbelief. That bitch! No wonder her darling is number one. Who can compete with that? We continued to fume about the injustice. Walking together to our first class, I was so angry that I wouldn't even look at Alexis Poston, but felt her presence in the room. Finally, the bell rang for the end of class, and Lizzie and I went different ways. The day wore on numbly for me, the dull hurt of the morning still in my gut. Then the bell for last period sounded, and I took my legal pad and walked to the gym for an interview with Coach Riley, hoping I wouldn't run into Alexis Poston or Toby Hall again, and that the head coach could give me some good ideas for my story on the game and the rest of the basketball season. The team was doing warm-up drills, passes, and layups mostly, I settled in the stands expecting Coach Riley to call me over for a short interview before practice started, since I had called ahead. As I looked around, my gut started to hurt more than before. There were Alexis Poston and her mother and Toby Hall's mother watching the practice from high in the stands. I turned away from them. As as I watched the players, I could not forget the words of the man After the game, the team couldn't win against real talent. It just wasn't good enough, not enough speed. Suddenly, as I watched the athletes run the drills, I could see the problem for myself. Our players needed that extra second to set up for the shot, to get to the rebound, to move into defensive position, and I knew he was right. I noticed a person standing in the doorway to the gym, intently watching the players. I didn't recognize him and wondered if he was a student from another high school here for some extracurricular activity. He was fairly tall, maybe six feet three or four inches, but not as tall as some of our players like Toby, who was six feet six inches tall, or Cameron, about the same height. The visitor had a medium build, but I sensed he was muscular beneath his clothes, probably from the way his shirt bulged against his stomach and chest. Straight, blonde hair hung partly across his left eye, contrasting with tan skinned. I guess he was a swimmer. He had a pleasant, friendly face with round, boyish features and a sweet smile. But there was something else that made him appear good-looking. Then it hit me. 
He had the bluest eyes I had ever seen. So blue, they appeared almost backlit, seeming to radiate across the gym. I continued to watch the visitor, interested in his identity and the reason for his coming to our school. Soon he walked into the gym toward Coach Riley at the other end. I got up and moved from the stands to find out about this mystery person. He walked up to the coach, extended a hand toward the man, and politely said, Excuse me, are you Coach Riley? The coach was paying attention to the drills and didn't respond right away, causing the visitor to try again. Coach Riley? The coach finally looked at the visitor. Yes? Can I help you? The young man smiled, and those blue eyes flashed like blue glacier ice I had seen in pictures. Yes, sir. I'm Matthew Blair, just enrolled here. They gave me your name in the office. I was wondering if you might have room for me on the team. I heard the season just started. He softly said, in an accent I thought to be British, but a little different. Coach Riley looked eye to eye at the visitor, responding in a business-like tone. The team is full. We're trying to get our chemistry right. I don't want to add any new players. I guess if you were six foot eleven, the answer would be different. But we got several guys your height. You might try the track coach. You look pretty athletic. Maybe he could make a jumper out of you. Matthew Blair smiled, extended his hand. Well, thanks, coach, he said, turning and walking toward the exit at the other end of the gym. After only a couple of steps, the visitor picked up a basketball and bounced it playfully. I glanced back at the coach for a moment, then looked toward the spot where the visitor had stood only a second or two before. He wasn't there, but somehow was laying the ball high off the top of the glass backboard at the other end of the court. I wondered how he had run almost the entire length of the court in only a couple of seconds. I thought he might have a twin brother who was waiting for him there, but I saw only one new boy. Suddenly, Coach Riley cried out, Hey, new guy, hold up there for a minute. He jogged toward the young man. I quickly moved closer to them, sensing there was a story in all this. The coach was smiling. You move pretty good. Lots of speed under control. You have a problem being on the second team? Some guys don't like that, you know. Matthew Blair flashed those eyes again. No, not really. Just glad to be a part of the team. Coach Riley extended a hand. Good. Look, you're going to need a physical first. Go see the school nurse, and she'll arrange it this afternoon. The clinic is down the street and usually sees our players right away. Then come back and go across the hall to get your gear. After that, come back here as fast as you can for practice. You have a lot of catching up to do. You ever play organized basketball before? Some back home. Nothing really big, though. I worked. Didn't have time for a real team. Played club ball, mostly. Coach Riley nodded. That's okay. We'll work a little extra with you after practice. Go see the nurse. Remember, get back here as fast as you can in your gray practice uniform. We'll need all the time with you we can get. I watched the new guy walk away and wondered how an outsider would fit into the cliquish basketball team. Most of them had played the game together in this community since they were children. 
I instinctively looked over my shoulder at Mrs. Poston, Alexis Poston, and Mrs. Hall, noticing that Tiffany Malloy and Paige Richelieu had joined their group. All of them were giggling and whispering, watching Alexis hold what looked like a glittering piece of jewelry. As usual, their attention was on themselves.